to well, on the one of my notes is Matt warned me Terry had short hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was hilarious. And you're like, Lauren, just so you know, she has short hair at this. She's not well, like the normal sexy Terry after her. Yeah, because you were so excited because you had just rewatched some season one. And I'm like, oh, I got to. I gotta let her know. I know, but that's so funny. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry D and Superman. We'll cover it all. At least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. And welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. Uh, I am Matt Truex, and I am joined for the first time in a long time by Miss Lauren Wynn. How are you, Lauren? Hi there. I am here for my first uh, like real episode, not like special episode of Lois yes. and Clark. Um, and, you know, I'm recording from the real life metropolis. I'm in New York City. Uh, <laughs> so we've got this cool bi-coastal thing going on. I'm super excited to podcast about a beloved show of mine with a really good friend of mine. I'm so glad to have you here because like, first of all, doing that episode that we did together a year and change ago like <laughs> basically just looking at Lois's like different versions of her through the multiverse and the different mm-hmm. mediums and stuff was the first time that I was like oh I could do this podcast by myself if I had to and now I do <laughs> so like truly the, like that was awesome and it was the first one I had done in a long time and it was just so nice to get back to it whatever a year and a half ago with someone yeah, that I'll I knew honest, I could talk if you to. Were- if Go you were ahead. still on season one, I would jump in as a co-host so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I'm forcing you into the mire of season three. <laughs> now, like, I'm on record here where, like, I kind of love this stretch of episode. It's where they're dating-ish, not married, engaged, whatever, talking about relationship stuff all the time. She knows, blah, blah, blah. And there's always like a, into- there's like a superhero identity reveal honeymoon phase where it's like, oh, exactly. this is fun. Exactly. You know, it doesn't and even it, have to be like a like a like a romantic partner, but like when it's a romantic partner, it's it's really cool. You know, um, I remember like those first couple episodes when Chloe found out Clark's secret in season five of Smallville. That was really fun. And like, you exactly, know, we don't all love Chloe anymore, but it's still really fun. <laughs> I was I like, it's funny you said Chloe because I immediately thought of like it was nice when Pete could help with stuff. You know, like in the beginning <laughs> of season two, when For all like of a sudden he could come. Yeah, I know, and then. <laughs> Look, things happen with both of them. It's fine. But the point is, I, I love this stretch of episode. I wish the whole show, I wish they had not rushed into marriage. I wish that they had let this era breathe where they're just getting mm-hmm. to know each other all over again. And there's romantic tension and all that. But then they rush into stuff. Now, that being said, some plots are better than other plots. And sometimes when your star writes the plots, things go haywire. Star wrote? Who wrote? So welcome to episode 310, Virtually Destroyed. uh, First aired December 10th, 1995. Story by Dean Cain. Written by Dean Cain and Sean Brennan, who I had to check. Like, I went looking for who the hell is Sean Brennan? I thought, like, maybe the writers had paired him with one of, like, you know, the writers in the room or whatever, but I didn't know the name. Uh, And I checked on Lois and Clark, the Legacy Facebook group today, and uh, Mr. Rob O'Connor uh, confirmed for me that Rob, or excuse me, Sean Brennan is just a friend of Dean's that he had like write with him, like they used to write together. So the only reason that both of them are doing this is because like Dean is flexing some star power, essentially. 
This is hilarious because when you said a star wrote it, I prepared for the heartbreak of Terry Hatcher, who I do not no. idolize <laughs> as Lois Lane. Like, I know that she's not Lois Lane, but like, no. I still obviously think of her as like my mom. Um, so I was like, oh no, don't tell me Terry wrote this. Don't tell me she wrote it. No, Terry so wrote now. the, Terry wrote the, do you remember? Oh no, the no, don't tell me the... she wrote it. She wrote she an did, episode, what? She did, or at least she did the story. I forget exactly. She did the, um, it's a small, small world after all, or whatever the hell later this season, um, a classmate of Lois's become makes a like shrinking potion and shrinks Superman down into a little tiny Superman. Oh my God. They yeah. let stars write? Yes. This what? is the second time that Dean has done this. He did the Christmas episode in season two, um, oh which God. this is, I mean, like there's something fun about that Christmas episode, but this is miles beyond it technically, but it's still just like, I think I warned you before you watched it. I'm like, be careful where you walk. Cause you might trip into a plot hole here. Cause it's just a mess. Well, I appreciate that warning. And it's really funny, like, um, so to pull the curtain back a little bit, Mm -hmm. I am friends with all these people that you guys listen to podcast, um, but I also listen to their podcast too. So like, you know, I'll just be chilling and listening to Always Along to Arrow, Always Mm -hmm. Along to The Flash. And, you know, you guys talk about like how bad things are sometimes that when I watch it, I'm like, oh, that was fine. Because like my expectations are so (laughs) like subterranean. Um, (laughs) That's a, that's a fun small joke. Um, but literally, I remember when you guys were talking on Always Hold On to Flash about like the second episode, how bad it was. Like, and when I got to it, oh, I was the like, werewolf episode, yeah. I didn't think it was bad. Like, I was so prepared for it to be like horrible. And I was like, oh, that was fun. Um, similarly, I had fun with this one. Like, I don't don't critique my um, my observational skills too like harshly here, but I didn't notice a plot hole because I wasn't expecting anything to ever make sense. That's uh, that's that's what it is basically. Where it's just like so. Jimmy's used to virtual world and all computers are on the same network now. So they're going to go into the matrix via the computers at the deal. You know, it's like that type of like, it's, it's a 90 show. I'm not I know it's 1990. <laughs> it's Dean Kane in 1995 going like, yeah, internet fine. You know? Yeah. Um, I must say, and we have some, something to discuss here, uh, directed by Jim Charleston, uh, who will do a, an episode in season four that is, wonderful in my opinion did a bunch of x-files but also directed birds of prey the episode primal scream oh so i i don't yeah exactly which is a great episode of birds of prey um i've talked about it enough on this show how much i love that show but that was (laughs) it's a really good episode so i was just very excited to see him uh be doing an episode of this show that in fairness has high production value for this show like you would yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Have just you've just seen like some season one stuff recently are the changes in production jarring to you like do you do you notice the difference when you see like a season one as opposed to a season three here oh no i did not like okay. what was i supposed to be looking for no it's just like the colors are popular everything's a little more modern it's less of that like 30s 40s 50s aesthetic going uh-huh. on I, I think know. that the main thing I noticed is uh, Dean Kane is really, really buff compared to how he was in season one. Interesting. Okay. Also, I haven't had you on the show in a while. We talked about every single Lois, you know, last time you were here. But, like, what is your specific history with Lois and Clark? Like, can you just, like, ground us in a baseline again? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm pretty sure I happened to see one episode of this as a kid. Um, so, okay. I knew what it was. I've always known what it was. And I have a very vivid memory of, and you can probably listen to the episode 
that we did like yeah i'm sure we covered this excuse me i like no it's fine like but i think i'm probably gonna say this like verbatim because this is how strongly (laughs) this memory is i i do remember seeing like dean kane fly terry hatcher into the daily planet and i just felt like probably like the first instance of anxiety that i've ever felt in my entire life because i turned to my my grandmother and i said grammy is she gonna find out he's superman (laughs) like and and that is how my hopeless romantic heart was born (laughs) yep i understand um so I, uh, that, was my, that was my connection to Lois and Clark. Um, I really came into this fandom, the Superman fandom, through Smallville. You know, like the cool thing about Smallville, the way they pace the, the Donner um, mythos is that I, I really just got to consume it bit by bit until suddenly I was this huge fan. I was able to like dip my toe in, um, in a couple of different pools. So I watched the Reeve movies, watched Chris, uh, Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in college, I watched the first season of Lois and Clark and I thought it was a hoot. That cool. was really cool. And I also liked how much of a re- resemblance I could see between Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane and Erica Dronson's Lois Lane. Like, I think 100%. you can very much see, like, the through line of, like, you know, you would not have gotten Erica Dronson's Lois Lane without, without like, how sassy Terry Hatcher was. Right. Um, which, which might sound easy because it's like, well, yeah, of course she's playing the same character. But, like, Tom Welling and Dean Cain's Clark Kent are very different people. Like, we've... Y- you and I talked right. about it. like we've seen and, all these different versions of it, and the fact that that those two performances, Erica and Terry, are so in sync says says a lot about a the material, but b just like the instincts of those actresses. Well, that, but also the feminism, and like not to get sure. like super political this no, early uh, <laughs> on, but like I, <laughs> I um, you know, I think that Lois Lane is like an amazing marker of of like where we are with feminism basically mm-hmm. always you know as much as i i i respect the reeve movies like that helicopter scene is not a very like it's it's not presenting women with dignity if you watch it in 2021 or sure. even if you watched it like in 2020 or in 20 2008 <laughs> Sorry. Sure. whenever i whenever i watched whenever it you time, went back to it yeah. um yeah uh so you know i think that lois the current version of lois lane and theoretically is always the best version because she's able to push things and she's able to show nuance and she's supposed to, and she's able to teach us things in a way that we haven't um, been able to like see on screen before. Um, And like you said, like uh, you don't see that through line with Dean Cain and Tom Welling because they didn't have to achieve that. Right. Whereas I think that people, when they create Lois, they have to be very conscientious of how they're representing a strong female character. That's totally fair. And obviously it's two different, well, if that, you know, I'm going to take that back. I was going to say it's two different places in their lives where we're meeting those Clark Kents, but obviously it's the same thing for Lois. It just felt that she was more character-wise, more fully formed when we first met her than, you know, puppy dog Clark, right. you know, in the first well, few seasons I, of that show. That's a, that's a pretty consistent Lois thing, though. It's like Lois yeah. is always sure of herself, right? Until she yep. gets it. I should <laughs> have known we were just going to talk about Lois this whole time. But it's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, like I said, though, like, let's get into the episode because... Sure. It, it's daffy as shit, but there are some production things in this episode. <gasps> I, I really enjoy. Oh fuck yeah! Oh! Welcome to Metropolis. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Fuck yeah. Let Lois <laughs> say fuck, please. <laughs> if Batman can, you know, like totally fine with that. But we we jump right into like it's night in Metropolis. There's a fire going. There's extras on the street. There's all these lights on, and this this bodybuilder guy is kicking Superman's ass as Lois watches in a god-awful pink dress. And, like, as a kid, I remember the first time watching this episode being like, what's happening? You know, like, this is craziness. You know, what did I walk in on? Um, I I'm, had no memories of this, even though I watched it probably within the last five years for the first time. 
because I because I rewatched uh, Lois. I rewatched the first. Uh, I watched the first season of Lois and Clark when I was in college, and then right. I committed to watching the entire show um, around 2017, 2018, when I just made okay. this uh, personal endeavor to watch basically everything Trinity related that DC has ever made. It's mm-hmm. a very jarring endeavor um but i've made a lot when of progress you're still working on yeah i am still working on Nuts. it <laughs> guys you should see my list i've watched some truly crazy stuff i've watched the legion of superheroes cartoon i've watched crypto the sewer dog the cartoon um because it's related to superman and guess what lois lane shows up in that um Anywho, so I did not remember this episode despite seeing it maybe three four years ago but i did have a note in this opening scene um, my mm-hmm. note is who in the lobo is this Yes, a very okay. <laughs> That's so weird that you say that. So the guy playing X, the the video game uh, bodybuilder guy with the big black X on his chest, Andrew, gonna butcher this, Bry Brynierinski. So sorry. First of all, most importantly, this is Chip Shrek from Batman Returns, which I know doesn't mean as much to you, Lauren, but he's he's. Um, I recognize the name. That's enough. He's Christopher Walken's son. And the best part about him is that he tried to, to do a kind of Christopher Walken accent in the movie where it's just like, oh. dad, it's time to bring joy to the masses. And it's like, it's the bodybuilder version of Christopher uh, Walken. It's so funny. But anyway, he's in Firefly, he's in Street Fighter, he's in Hudson Hawk, this is Butterfinger, but he's also in a fan film of Lobo. This oh is my God. credit <laughs> on his IMDb. He looks great in the costume. All I saw was like, you know, the still... Uh, title image on imdb but i was like no shit oh my god matt i think you you just added to my suffering because i feel like i now need to add fan films to my discography oh that's gonna because yeah, because it's it's important the whole point of it is to have yeah. a, a, a a like a, a greater cultural like appreciation uh-huh. for <laughs> and it's and it's weird but like is, batman dead yeah. end was a cultural thing for a second so yeah i get it Oh my God. Nah, no. your list just grew longer. Anyway, this is Chip Shrek for anyone that cares. <laughs> uh, kicking Superman's ass. Superman concedes and says like, you win. And then this guy, no effects, like no effort to look like he's flying. Like Superman just like lifts up his arms, is lifted into the air by wires and meets Lois Lane on, on Main Street where apparently her apartment is right now. So like, it's all screwy from the beginning. This guy kisses her. She's all excited that he won um and then and, and my my brain not watching lewis and clark and like forever i only reckon i don't even recognize this as like a dream sequence i'm just like oh what's going on this week <laughs> um like totally fair like it's there's subtle things that when you finally notice it and this and subtle isn't the right word but they, they do some nice <laughs> stuff like this is taking place in the virtual world like we we come out of this fantasy and we meet uh, Jackson Xavier, who's our bad guy for this episode. But like knowing that now and knowing that for the past couple of years as I've watched this episode, you can see that they do, they make an effort so that there are doubles of basically the same four or five different people on the street all the time. There's like a woman in a pink blazer and then there's two of them and like two guys in a blue blazer. I, I and remember that's how, like, the, it's impressive. I'm saying like a comment about that, but I did not notice it myself. It, it's totally a thing. There's like, um, like blonde hair bombshell in a red dress and like there's a few of them walking around but like when you watch this for the 18th billionth time like I have you start to notice that and that is present here in this first scene like they're literally just like cool. standing there no expressions eating popcorn as Superman and, and X are going at it. Um, It'd be cool if they 
like if this were made today, I think what you would see is a very meta reference of like, here's the big green wall behind everything because we're going to drop in a background. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But instead, we're in the 90s. We used our sets. We came out. We are in the VR room with Jackson Xavier, like I said, who is Andy Berman, who didn't do much that I recognized that we became a producer later on in life. He was the producer on uh, Psych and Rosewood, which people like, so good for him. Um, I, it was the voice of Dib Membrane on Invader Zim. Oh. Yeah, okay. My Moving only on. note to him is, uh, is like, he's fantasizing about being like Lobo in his dreams, but like, he's better looking than the Lobo guy in real life, in my oh, opinion. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. He would have loved to have heard you say that, because his confidence... <laughs> is not there especially because he's got this real real pain in the ass computer uh who's played by paula <laughs> poundstone <laughs> yes can we talk about the fact that we are so used we are so used to hearing someone with a serious sort of inflection mm. to their voice mm-hmm. speaking as a computer it's so weird to hear a computer just talk to someone like they're a person just to be a comedian <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah, Paul Poundstone plays the computer this whole time. Um, and is like, there's a couple lines here and there of like, I was programmed to to push you to succeed, which apparently just means like I've programmed to be an asshole to you and try to get <laughs> you to try harder, you know? Um, but they lay out the villain plan here really quickly um, that X needs Lois to, you know, like tell him everything. And it's very Truman showy as he's watching a, a this image of, I guess, this avatar of Lois um, on this giant screen in his control room. So we're up against computers this time. Yay, you know? That's far be- far before the Matrix or anything. So like there are some fun ideas in this, but it's just kind of it's just kind of missed. But we'll get to it. Right away here is the mist. Like we come back from credits and we're at the Daily Planet and Jimmy is playing with these giant virtual goggles and yelling at Perry for taking like it's really dangerous chief if you just pull virtual goggles off of someone you'll get caught in the virtual world it's like what is this like weird science stuff over here yeah it's just like madness from 1995 of like truly they don't really understand what the internet's gonna be um and apparently Jimmy was like total Johnny mnemonic goggles on gloves on in the virtual world to set up a dating profile for Perry which feels like you don't really need to be in the virtual world for that um this is is, perry still has a wife in this doesn't he i was just gonna ask he um alice left him like two or three episodes ago oh there we go okay yeah well that makes more sense i'm glad that jimmy isn't just trying to like pimp perry out just get him (laughs) hooked up like (laughs) alice is holding you back perry you know like i think no it's all good um right away though We've got some Lois and Clark stuff I love that he just sent her flowers for no damn reason. Just because they're in love. I was actually trying to figure out like when that first happened, I was like, oh, what did I miss? What happened in the last episode? Did he, was he a jerk? Was he an asshole? Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) No, he's just being Clark. No, last episode we fought Nazis. So everyone was on the same side. You know, he almost died, but things went fine. Did a Jewish scientist die? (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think so. I think everything went fine. Sorry, that's my dig at Crisis on uh, Earth X. Oh, God. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. You pointed that you out be to joking. me. Yeah, I should be joking about that, but I'm still not over it. <laughs> um, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, that it, it, it's, it's just too much, but watch the CW shows. Anyway, um, I like right away here, she's like, 
we should talk about our honeymoon. Like, I can't wait. We're, we're going to save so much money flying Superman Express. Like, we could go literally anywhere. That was a um, cute line. Um, I forgot. I literally forgot until watching this that in this show, Clark is a virgin. Clark is a virgin. Like, that's the, the crux of their whole relationship discussion this or their whole relationship story in this episode where she starts falling into this metaphor about like yeah we can get a nice soft bed or a hard bed if you like you know people like different beds it really doesn't matter <laughs> Look, this this entire time it's just like like whacking me in the face like this is from a female showrunner i mean i know that she like like kind of left after like yeah she, she left not, or was removed after season one mm-hmm. right yes. but like the 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 fact that the the format for the show was supposed to be like the most epic like screwball comedy rom-com ever is like that is still felt because like this is so cheesy and you would not see this like in like no matter who produces the next lois and clark thing no matter how much they love it no matter like even if it was me you would not get this level of cheese in a scene ever again no and it's so like delightfully uniquely of its time like I, I kind of love whenever Lois goes on her rants. Like that's a, that's a funny thing with Terry Hatcher's Lois is that she kind of went on these like insecure, like Crazy bubbling rants, rants sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, it somehow does not break character for me. Like nope. I ca- actually kind of like how like you like how Lois is like like really hot headed and like haughty, but then sometimes she just like completely one eighties and she's like, oh no, this is how I actually feel. Like to me it's it's kind of like empowering to see that and be like, okay, yeah, I can feel all these things. I don't have to be like, you know, like badass. I can say badass on this podcast. Head <laughs> bitch in charge. Head bitch in charge, Lois Lane. Yes. Cause there are there are different levels to her rants, right? Like sometimes it's the angry, funny rant. Um, and sh- which ends with like, <laughs> no, I think you're whatever, whatever, and I'm and I'm completely in love with you. And here she's just floundering because she somehow like fell into talking about sex for the first time with her fiance by the way which is just like again everything is so rushed with them in the show it's nuts um but she's just she's just trying to backpedal and make sure he's comfortable and like she's like oh i'm sucking the romance out of this it's cute and he even like one of the they have i don't think they were friends but fuck do they have good like physical chemistry where like he just kind of like pulls her head in close and they just like touch heads for a second it's just like a nice little like no, you're okay. You know, like, I got you. Don't, don't feel bad. We're fine. I don't know. To, to sidetrack uh, real quick, can you imagine this sort of scene happening with Erica Drons and Tom Welling? Like, Erica Drons as Lois would just look at Clark like he was two feet tall and, like, snort and walk away. Yes. <laughs> She'd be like, nope, engagement over. <laughs> there, there, are, um, there are parts of this episode for me that very clearly feel like, oh, yeah, no, Dean wrote these. You know, like... <laughs> she's kind of floundering there's no real moment where where clark is vulnerable like she is vulnerable here except for i guess when he when he confesses that he's a virgin but even that feels like so like oh no my superman is pure though you know or whatever the hell that means mm. like it's, it's a very i don't know I, interesting I, I feel like i wonder how i would have watched this if I knew Dean Cain wrote it, I mm-hmm. wonder what sort of lens I would have watched it through. If there was anything <laughs> I'd be on the lookout for. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of craziness. But um, we, Perry interrupts and basically tells like, hey, stop like making out and touching each other's foreheads weirdly in the newsroom. And you've got to get down to virtual world and cover that story. So right. off they go. Um, instantly, Jackson is kind of pissed that uh, Lois brought Clark along since the invite was just for one. 
Um, and like I wrote down a quote. I might ahead. be jumping ahead like halfway through the scene, but I wrote, I wrote down a, a quote. I, I, my uh, my question is: In what universe do you have some guy saying, "Who is this, Mister Clark Kent, Mister GQ"? <laughs> like, what like, like Clark is that? supposed to be as like anti GQ as possible. Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. He's just he's just threatened by Clark. Him, I guess. Clark is supposed to be. He said it a few times too. A guy who is who who is tall and like decently built. If he, you would think he's decently built if he stood up straight. But your general impression of Clark Kent is supposed to be that he's unfortunate. And that's yeah. why that disguise works. And once again, Dean Cain's <laughs> writing. So here, you know. <laughs> it's also like they are, as of now, the most talked about, most famous reporter team in the world. So the idea that he wouldn't know who Clark Kent is when he's done so much research on Lois Lane is asinine. Right. Um, also, I, I watch this show for the aesthetics a lot. And the art direction in this room is such garbage. I don't know if you noticed this, but like there's like a half silver torso man on the wall and it's just like also like 90s prop house art. It looked gross. Okay. Well, true true to what I was saying earlier is I think sometimes I do notice stuff like this, but when you say that when I'm prepared for the episodes to be like the second episode of The Flash or sure. when I'm told, like, when I'm told before even starting it, like, oh, there's a big plot hole here. I just, I, I kind of just watch on autopilot. That's totally fair. Um, well, I'm sorry if I put you on autopilot for no reason, but. No, it's great. I probably, have, well, uh, there's less for me to talk about. Sure. <laughs> but, um, okay. I'm not angry. Um, I do like, like, Jackson's given this whole spiel, right? Like, virtual world is beyond virtual reality, and it's totally safe and whatnot, and, and. You know, like the mayor was in here earlier playing golf with Sean Connery and it's popular with everybody. And like really kind of- has that, that line like, oh, that's where my tax money went. Yeah, tax dollars says. at work. I liked the idea. They do establish well enough, especially again, before the Matrix or anything like that, well enough the, the idea that like, you can't pull these goggles off someone. Um, that's dangerous. And Lois is like, oh, this sounds terrible. Like your mind goes into the machine or whatever. He's like, oh, it's no, it's no worse than like, riding a roller coaster people just tell you when to get on and get off you know like i kind of liked the the story dialogue massaging of that like that kind of made sense to me i don't know Especially, i'll give it to you yeah that was uh that was decently done yes don't make me compliment dean kane too much please no it, it, well it's you should have been here for last week um, <laughs> but uh lois and clark kind of like jack into the virtual reality and they're both at their little like booth things essentially um, I do like that as Jackson's hooking them up, like he thinks there's something wrong with the machine because the vitals right because the vitals are, are yeah yeah and Clark like the vitals are are too crazy he thinks like they're erratic and like Clark takes a moment and like you know kind of like calms himself and closes his eyes and breathes deeply and I'm like that is a cool Superman thing that like just he has control over that part of his body that's interesting. See me and my like Smallville brain. I was waiting to see like some like heat vision on the sly, but it didn't happen. Oh sure. <laughs> well, I mean, any other day that could have happened too, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I just like like every once in a while they're like they do cool Superman stuff that they don't even have to explain like that, and it's just like no, he's just completely in control of his body. He can slow his pulse if he needs to. It's not going to affect him. Right. Um, but where do they go first in virtual reality? but their virtual honeymoon destination, Hawaii. Yes. 
And um, I think it's during the scene where it just kind of like deadpan cuts to them just <laughs> in the booths grabbing at nothing yes. and looking awkward. And I actually, I was surprised at how like self-aware that was. That, that feels like comedy that is like at least 10 years before it's time. Totally. Yeah. It, like what you t- they, they go to Hawaii and they're like, well, does everything feel real here? Let's check. And they start making out and it's just Dean and Terry like miming, making <laughs> out with each other. Their hands going crazy. You know, it's the funniest thing. I love that. They, they do that once or twice in this episode. And I do. Yeah. I agree with you. That is funny as hell. Um, it's also too- funny just as like a Clovis fan to be like, I mean, I see my favorite couple on screen and I'm always like, ah, get a room. Like, I love you guys. Um, and then like, it's so, it's such a funny, like, like <laughs> place to be in watching this. It's like, ah, get a room. Like you guys are never to reality. You kind of are in a room. Like, yeah. Ah, get but a room. Also like, you know that you're being watched. It's all free. Cause like, they were just like, should we start talking about sex again? Like, no, let's wait till we're out of a computer, <laughs> but we could totally make out fine. Um, I like to speak to the production values of this episode. I think they're trying with effects here. We can talk about later on whether how successful that is or not. But like even this, they're at the Universal backlot here. Like this waterfall that they're in front of is a standing okay. set at Universal. So it's 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 like, and it's just across the street basically from where they shoot usually. But it's like no, they're trying. They're, it's a little impressive to me. They could have faked this if they wanted to a little more. Can I ask you a question about backlots? Sure. This is from an episode of Always Hold On to The Flash. Uh, someone said that Spider-Man was filmed on the Warner Brothers backlot. Wait, so mm-hmm. studios are allowed to e- use each other's backlots? Yeah, anybody can rent anybody else's backlot. Ah, so, okay, I guess that makes sense because you want to make money is, you know. Right. If it's open and someone's willing to pay, okay. Exactly. So like okay. the alley that you see in Lois and Clark You're here. welcome, people who didn't know that too. <laughs> they call it like superhero alley basically at WB because Batman's been there, Superman's been there. A billion versions of Batman and Superman have been there. And it's the scene in Spider-Man 1 where they do the upside down kiss and he saves okay. Mary Jane. And all cool. That. Please so, take yeah. me there when I come visit. Oh, 100%. Um, first though, we're at the Universal Backlot, which we're not allowed to visit the set. Uh, they're making out and... Jackson appears in like a suit and Lois like kind of clocks it for a second like why is he in a suit and Clark's like to impress you no he's not yes he is you know and oh I love them it, I, I do too couple. I, I love that <laughs> aspect of it here but it also like learning what knowing what we learned about him later I'm not sure where Jackson is in falling with where where Jackson is falling with the like trying to impress Lois or not I guess he's trying to get her on his side at this point. Yeah, there's some comments that are really uncomfortable later. There's, there's from some Jackson. later. Um, yeah. uh, uh, speaking of Let's, Jackson, a note yeah. I had from earlier when it was revealed that he, like, when he's like, he's like, my name is X or something. Um, again, having not watched this since uh, when I first watched it several years ago, and also just not having a good grasp on um, post season two, mm-hmm. Lois and Clark. Um, I remember thinking, uh, of course his name is X. Who does he think he is? Lex Luthor? Because I was thinking of all the times on Smallville where like, like, um, I think at one point Lex signed an email or something. It was like, you know, signed X or whatever. It's like, you're so dramatic. You think you're so cool. (laughs) And later I was like, oh, he is really a deluxe Luthor. Okay, fine. No, this is the thing. (laughs) Um, well, let's talk about that because this, we learn later on that this is Lex Luthor Jr., 
and just some kind of like child he had with another woman who is never named. It might be the ex-wife, Mrs. Luther, that we met in the start of season two. It might not. Who's it to fucking so, say? Like, it just feels so wrong to me. Like Lex having a kid. Well, it, A, sure. B, like um, age-wise, it feels really weird to me because like John Shea was yeah. not that much older than and these guys you know right and this this dude has like a receding hairline yeah exactly. yeah sorry sorry actor if, dude. if you want me to to believe that he's 21 like that's that's a long stretch you know but he looks younger than lois and clark i guess but um that part of the episode two for me though feels very like not a writer wrote this like well, who should the villain of this episode be? Like, well, we got to tie it to Lex Luthor somehow. You know, like he doesn't come up that much. I'm surprised. So. Well, not that like, not that like, you know, uh, Bitsy Tulloch would be allowed to write an episode of Lois, uh, of Superman and Lois like now, but just because We should of, like, be how so lucky. Yes. We, would, we would be super lucky. Um, not that that would ever happen, but if it did happen, I feel like that like, the network would be like okay you cannot do this i mean like right. the network says stuff like that to their own writers all the time anyway right. <laughs> like no you can't use batman no you can't use this character no you can't use green lantern like um i'm stunned that they were that dean kane was allowed to do this yeah that the, and and play with it as much as he did now that said exactly story by he, dean kane maybe he's... to mythology right and, and i have no idea how this episode was broken maybe he's just like they get stuck in a computer and then the rest of the room figured it out and they wrote it you know like i right i don't yeah. know or he came with a whole outline Who, who's to fucking say um but yeah no i'm with you too where it's just like it seems like there's a lot of control given over here for this episode um but anyway uh jackson shows up in his in his little suit uh takes them he thinks they think out of rea- virtual reality they, you know, take their glasses off in the control room again. And then all of a sudden they're on the streets of Metropolis. Um, Clark tries to bring up the, the sex talk basically again. And Lois is like, no, you know what? Let, let's, let's go eat. I'm starving. And they walk off. And this is the first time we get some craziness where we get a Tasmanian devil Looney Tunes um, movie poster that then morphs into ex bodybuilder Lobo guy. Yes, I was thinking what the actual fuck is this yeah (laughs) i can curse on this podcast um side note when lois said she wanted a sandwich i thought she was like implying that that like clark had to fly over to like russia to get it oh that would have been fun thankfully thankfully not for this episode but yeah (laughs) yeah um i don't know just the way that she was being so specific with it it was like you know what i want go get it yeah and the pickles and the slaw on the side and milkshake or whatever yeah but like i like how this I like how they kind of like slowly tease out for the audience. I mean, the audience figures it out at this point, but for Lois and Clark, that they are in a weird, weird world. They right. are still in the virtual real world. Uh, but after this wonderful Tasmanian devil poster that like prop watch, I would love this poster. This Metropolis mania <laughs> is the title of it. Uh, we cut to Lois, like having just, I guess, nervously eaten a whole spread of sandwiches. And she's like downing a milkshake all in one. Um, I do like, she's like i'm not even full even after all that and it's like maybe for them it feels like it's just nervousness of having to talk about this but it's like no she's got a virtual tummy like she hasn't eaten anything you know like i i like no, that yeah that's exactly what i was thinking yeah, yeah i thought that was pretty smart yeah um but we get into lois saying like look i've i kind of took stock of 
my old relationships and you know, wanted to put them into positive and negative. And they all wound up in negative, especially my last one with Lex, which I guess fuck Dan Scardino because it doesn't even get a mention here. <laughs> Truly well, I like this because it, it's like typical, very honest Lois Lane dialogue from Terry. Yes. You yeah. know, like this, that's probably, um, that's one of my favorite things about like Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane is like, she's so honest about things that like, that she's going through, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it on this where it's like sometimes it, it comes out in corny dialogue but like true we learn a lot from the stupid shows that we watch as a kid and like this show taught me like no you communicate with somebody you love you know and they Aww. they do and now they don't for the first two years totally and that obviously causes problems but for the most part once they're a unit they are a unit like they are a supportive loving couple and that's totally what you're talking about here I love this because the last time I was on your podcast, I told you like the thing that like Erica's Lois taught me with like, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you suspect you know something about someone and you think that they have not revealed it to you for a reason and it's Get not them. hurting anyone, yeah. uh, like keep it to yourself and you know, right. try to support them. So, oh, yeah. Look at, look at our mom teaching us things. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, but what we get into it here, like, by the way, they're cutting back and forth between like what um jackson is doing in the control room which is just like hating on the computer and we're realizing (laughs) that they are in the virtual world and whatnot um and the big thing is like he can't hear them when he's not in there so he's trying to program in something to to screw them up and separate them here but as that's happening um lois is like really again being honest she's like i've worked through a lot of my fears I've accepted a lot of things, but like, I do have the one concern and it's the thing we haven't talked about. It's the, it's the sex thing basically, which is like, why is this happening after you've both proposed to each other separately, (laughs) but sure, let's have this conversation. And she's, she's skittish about crossing the intimacy threshold. And then we get the big reveal from Clark that he never has, which I don't know if this is if this is a product of the times or if this is a product of the writers trying to cater to the audience. Like how did that idea of like Clark being a virgin at 20 whatever strike you? Uh I don't like it. Um as I don't a either. Person... And I'd like to preface by saying I have no problem if anybody wants to to save themselves for for marriage or for, you know later on in life like i i really i if that's your personal choice that is your personal choice talking Uh, about this character though i had the same reaction to it like can you quantify why i don't know that i can i think i'm just um i i think that firsts are not supposed to be perfect i think they are learning experiences Mm -hmm. and i think that there's something really valuable about having your own experience before before meeting the person you're going to be with for the rest of your life right. before developing a relationship with them it's like well, here's a i mean this is it's, this isn't sex but like imagine if you lived with your parents and then you immediately moved in with like like uh you got you immediately moved in like and you got married like you don't know right. what it's like to be a bachelor you don't know what it's like to go through the hardship of paying your own bills you know like all these little things of like um like it's so dumb but these things like they they test your character and you grow and you learn a lot about yourself and you develop a whole lifestyle and like you you just 
you benefit a lot from this these things that do not seem like a big deal. And of course, people work on their own paces and their exceptions, but I think that I personally do value having um true like uh I guess like what would you call it? Like rites of passage. I think that's yeah. like a rite of passage. And I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the idea. I'm like, I apologize if this offends anyone. I, I do like the idea that Clark, like his, uh, been around the block sounds like a really weird way to phrase this. <laughs> <laughs> because of the subject matter. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I know where you're getting with that. And I agree. It's like, if he's not confident around Lois, it's, it should be because of how much he loves her, not because he's never done this before. Right. No, if he's I, self-conscious around her, it should be because of how he feels, not because he has no idea what he's doing. Because also, what a drag for Lois. Like, just speaking as a woman, like, that should not be <laughs> your job when you're married. Yep, yep, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> now, he's Superman, so I'm, sorry, I'm sure he compensates in other areas. <laughs> But I totally, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's just, just off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just us projecting. But but I'm I'm totally with you too. Or I'm like, especially considering how 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 close they will be later on. Like y- you do, and in every other aspect, I feel like they both have lived separate lives, except for like romantically, and I guess physically physical romance here too, um, where the 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 i mean we are to understand that lois has had sex before and and now is like regretting it and wishing that she saved herself for it so like the, it also feels that maybe doesn't align with my personal head canon of lois Lane, me but. neither like that's where <laughs> i think that's maybe where i'm hitting on it too where it's just like are we doing a message here like are, is that what we're saying like superman is so pure and whatever and uh, if only lois sex is bad. some dirty earth woman yeah like i don't know um th- there is I, I I like the show for addressing it. I do think that they make an effort to consider the fact that he's Superman and like he's saying like, I've never known if I belong, but like I, I, I'll buy a world where Clark Kent is nervous to, to have sex with a woman because he doesn't know how that's gonna go. Like just physically, he's a much different, you know, being than, than anyone he's gonna have sex with on earth. Like I get that. Um, so I think there is some effort made here, but like it's just I guess that is it. It feels it feels messagey. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it makes you sort of stretch what feels like isn't the characters. Cause like you because I think you and I are both like, oh sure, fine. That's fine. Whatever. You know? But yeah. like we're not fully embracing it. Yeah, it's that. It's totally that. Um anyway, I do love here that like she's uncomfortable and she's just like oh let's take a walk let's keep walking and they're walking down the street and she's just like so you're you're saying that you're a a very patient man and i'm like i enjoy i wrote it down too i enjoy this a lot And, and like this whole episode too is like it's such a kid's show but also we're talking about sex and we're doing jokes like that and and i just once again, go back to like, who the fuck is this what show if you, for? What if you want a hard bed? What if you want a soft bed? Like, right. Oh my God. Like stuff. I was, I was screeching when she was saying that. <laughs> yeah. And saying like, well, there's a lot of pressure to begin with. And now there's even more pressure with this, you know, like I, I totally believe that she's having a problem with this. I like it a lot. Uh, but just when they're like, you know, in the middle of this and walking by, Oh, I got to, sorry, I got to be this guy walking by Casey's pub on Metropolis, which they visited a couple episodes ago in the, when Irish eyes are killing episode. 
but all of a sudden, a car comes flying down the street, and he tries to grab her in Clark Kent garb and fly away, realizes he has no powers, and they both split up, and the taxi <laughs> goes after Clark, and only by the you grace like of- a, You get like a chaos sequence, basically. Yes. Oh, it's totally- It feels like, if, do you watch like The Good Place? Uh, oh, that's what you meant. Yes, absolutely <laughs> what it is. It feels like oh, a manufactured- shit. I mean, that's what it is. A manufactured chaos sequence. Yep uh meant to make them feel bad um but yeah he starts running away from the taxi and like jumps up on a crate onto a uh, <laughs> flagpole and is just hanging pole. there the, the, um, that's speaking of looney tunes that's quite looney tunes very much yeah but again look we've got production values we've got a car stunt we've got a guy jumping we've got the fire yeah. hydrant that the car runs into i'm impressed by it and then of course the the glitch of all glitches Superman shows up and, you know, comforts Lois yep. as Clark it's, is hanging across the street. Tell I, me you're in virtual reality without telling me you're in virtual reality. Yes, I think it's really cute how they do this. And it's also, it's a quick trick where, like, Superman and Lois are in frame and behind them is the back of Clark's stunt double basically <laughs> hanging there. But I'm like, this is clever how we're doing this. Um, I also like here where it's just like... Um, Superman just has like some shitty like, all right, and be careful when you cross the street, citizens, and goes and like yeah. flies with, like just generic Superman stuff. But like Clark and, unbuttons and his shirt, Clark, like citizens, like yeah. But Clark offended. unbuttons his shirt and the suit's not there, and I just like that. Right. Like, I don't know how far he went into programming these avatars, but I'm like, I like that this is a thing that is missed. Of course, it would be by mm-hmm. by um, Jackson, you know, like that. That is that's the big tell. And then they start looking around. This is where I was saying it's very visible that like there's just like three or four of the same basic person walking around. And right. they start seeing glitches and like, you know, things kind of phasing into digital world or whatever for a second. Um, I don't know. I, I, like, I like how this all plays out here. I don't know what to say. It's kind of dumb, but it's fun. <laughs> you warned me so much about this episode, but it sounds like you're having fun. I, I was here. There there are problems. It's just it's just kind of lazy plot stuff, I guess, and the messagey of the the sex stuff with him. But yes, I am having fun with it. And there's a lot like there's just so much cutting back and forth with the control room in this episode between like Jackson and the mean computer and like I, basically the computer is just like um, you have to make sure that Lois is in a place where she feels comfortable so that she can divulge some information. So like get her back to her apartment and uh, you know, back in virtual metropolis, uh, it turns out they've been circling the same block for like an hour and they keep winding up back at Lois's doorstep. So they go inside and like right away here, I feel like Jackson's plan, if he's trying to make them feel comfortable in their own world would fall apart because she goes into her apartment and it's decorated very differently from how she, she would usually have it so it's like why is this your plan dude huh i did not notice the decor that's okay i watch the show way too carefully but i think even she has a moment of just like you know like is this my apartment like look at this place and some of it's right because they didn't move everything in the set but some of like some of it is Ah, a little wrong um uh but like she goes to get you know, like tea so that they can calm themselves and she opens up the cabinet and it's just like a weird pink... Wormhole. Wormhole, <laughs> nebulous, whatever, a virtual world, which as a kid, I very much appreciated. Anyway, like Clark starts figuring out like the few times that they've been close in this virtual world, like in Hawaii, they were interrupted by Jackson. 
uh, when they were walking down the street and like kissing, they got interrupted by the car crash. So like, maybe we have to make everybody uncomfortable here to be interrupted. So they start making the fuck out yes. and like getting yes, they do. into it, uh-huh. which brings up more questions for me. We're like, A, they seem very comfortable doing this, which you, like, this is, I guess, kind of, you can have physical comfort with someone doing this, but like earlier too, we forgot to discuss it where she's like, well, we haven't had much experience. I mean, uh, we've had some experience type thing where I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe he's not totally innocent here. You know, like there's, there's a familiarity with them making out. And like they did in the last episode where I'm like, no, they're, they're enjoying themselves. They just haven't maybe crossed that final threshold, you know? Again, like I, I can't, buy this from Lois. <laughs> Lois is such a red-blooded woman. <laughs> yes, this is totally fair. Um, I also love that like back in the control room, them making out and presumably like his body reacting to it is like the computer's freaking out. It's just like, I'm getting a power surge. Like, I don't know where this is coming <laughs> from. You know, like, this is craziness. Um, but they're like hot and heavy on the bad when all of a sudden, you know, X, the, um, uh, the big bodybuilder Chip Shrek guy barges in and starts fighting with Clark and like Lois tries to help but he throws her to the side and tosses Clark out the window <laughs> just in he time He defenestrates him. Yeah, exactly. Just as Clark, you know, there's an insert shot of him like fumbling with his watch too for a second. Um but basically because of this watch bullshit that is the window, that's the out, that's the exit from the matrix, you know? Like that's the phone call. So all of a sudden Clark is back in the virtual reality room and like takes the goggles off. I love that he takes his or puts his glasses on really quickly before he goes over and sees Lois. And he finally gets like a confrontation with Jackson where Jackson's like, no, no, no. You know, like you, you can't touch her. Cause if you take the goggles off, she's fucked. And if you try to come back here with the police, like I can kill her faster than anybody. So like you're powerless, Mr. Kent, go the hell home. Wait, and- so is the plot, is the plot hole the window? Because this is the part of the episode where I got caught a million times. I was like, why did I just watch it? I rewound it. I rewound it like about four times. No, I'm fine with like the watch is his exit. Because I feel like, you know, like Jackson would program that onto his his avatar, right? Like his person. Um, This is a plot hole here where he's like, don't take the glasses off because it's going to fuck her up. That's going to kill her. You just have to go. And Clark leaves and his line is like, uh, Jackson's line is like, good dresser? Yes. Computer expert? No. So I'm like, the, is the implication here that he could have just taken her glasses off and she would have been fine? Like, that's where I'm like, oh. this is fuzzy to me. Because like, Jimmy and this guy earlier have established like, your brain's going to go into the computer. You could die that way or whatever. He does die later on. But then he does like this type of thing of like, ha, fooled that moron, you know? Huh. Did not clock that. Whoops. I don't. I, I promise I'm an astute person. I'm just in such autopilot when I watch these shows. That's totally fine. The best guest ever. <laughs> it is great to have you here in such a pivotal moment for them. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, in the virtual rep- the apartment, I'm going to call him Clarkson. Jackson shows Clarkson. back up as Clark um, and instantly starts getting into like Lex Luthor talk that when he fell through the window, he was in some nebulous place, but he kept seeing all these documents and files about Lex Luthor. Um, so clearly he's like trying to get close to her or whatnot, but back at the daily planet, 
Jimmy is still trying to get Perry to go on a virtual date when everyone's pal Superman shows up and starts making huge assumptions about the internet. Um, first asks Jimmy to like look up Jackson Xavier and turns out he used to work at Lex Labs. He's a genius and he's a pioneer in VR. So that gives Superman this idea of like, Jimmy, these days, like all these computers are hooked up to an online system, right? Can you get us in? And apparently Jimmy is like Mr. Johnny Mnemonic here and it's like, no problem. Just give me some stuff and we're going to go in. Yep. This is the like plot hole stuff for me where I'm like, okay. I would have liked see, a little more. I, I like, see go to what this, you mean, yeah. but also I'm like, oh, that's the 90s. People were just Whatever. like, oh, yeah. I yeah. know. I'm like, but I'm like, go to the thing and like hack into the terminal or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. I do like the idea of like, Jimmy's like, yeah, I can, I can get us in, but we're going to need so much more equipment. And Superman's just like, what do you need? And clearly, like the next time they cut back to him, he's all set up in Perry's office. Perry's all upset about all this like extra computer equipment in his office for a second. Then Superman shows up and he just like shuts up. I'm like, oh, super, sure. You know, like go ahead, do whatever you guys need to do. Um, and Superman and Jimmy are going to jump into the virtual world together. And they've got some dumb little lines together. Um, and they put on their goggles and off they go. And it struck me that like, this is the first and maybe only time in the show where like Jimmy and Superman actually do pals and like, Aww. you know, do pal stuff and go on an adventure together. So like, it's, it's It'd kind be of hilarious if way. they did more pal stuff in season one. <laughs> totally. Because like, the, the whole issue was he didn't look yeah, like Superman's okay. pal. He looked like Superman. So like it'd be funny if they had like more super, like you know Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, no, the they closest had more of those shenanigans in season one. I because I can't remember if um Jimmy Olsen one actually shares screen time with Superman ever, but he is the only one. He's got the watch for one episode. He's got the signal watch. So like that's that's as close as he gets to being Superman's pal really in that show. Okay. But it did strike me in this episode of like it is fun that it's the three of them off doing an adventure. Um meanwhile, like Clarkson in the virtual apartment has been trying to get Lois to remember child names that she'd talked about with Lex, which again just feels like a really long, long way to go for this plot. But he's like screaming, you know. Lois remembers three names that Lex came up with. Of course, Lex wanted to have an X in all of the names. So Jackson starts like screaming up to the computer of like, Alexis, Roxanne, Lynx, try those computer. And all of a sudden, A, the computer can hear him or it can hear anybody when they're in there, mm -hmm. which was a whole issue earlier. And B, they can now hear the computer too. And it's just like, that's another plot and hole C, thing for me. And the meta-ness of him yelling Alexis at the computer. Yeah. Oh, oh. Up, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, it's all just kind of again, big bit, big plot holes for me. But this is also where it goes into crazy '90s stuff of like, what did you think of Jimmy's power up screen here? Like Jimmy and Superman bust into the low, the hallway outside of Lois's apartment, the wall that they busted into, like kind of rebuilt itself magically, and then Jimmy pops up with this screen so that he can do power-ups and he's just like typing rapidly at this 3d screen you know i 
if this if there is a point where i would have been like oh right yeah matt said it was a horrible episode like yeah but it still didn't affect me somehow it's a it's really? a testament to how much i lowered my expectations for this so you know that whenever you tell me to, <laughs> exactly know that whenever you give me a wording like this i'm gonna watch whatever you stick in front of me okay fair enough next time i'm gonna tell you it's the best episode in the world and then we'll see <laughs> and then i'll come back at you with like <laughs> 80 like, things in the matt, first minute like this, and this, and yeah this. yeah which is anyway, operate by the way. <laughs> it, it's just so funny to me that like Jimmy just like pulls up the screen out of nowhere. There's all these like spinning blocks and globes that say things like save and help and you know file or whatever. And like as he's typing in his power up, it like bathes the light on him. And Justin Whalen has this like oh shot where he's just like soaking it all in, you know? My God. And then all of a sudden, Superman's doing it too. He's just typing away like an idiot. Um, but like to buy Superman time, uh, Jimmy busts into the apartment and starts fighting. Uh, like Clark is there first, but then it's this like ex, you know, avatar, the bodybuilder guy who starts kicking Jimmy's ass, um, throws him, you know, into a wall just in time for Superman to show up. And again, like, I don't know what Superman was thinking. I guess he did some power ups, but like, of course he's going to be powerless here. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's not some forward thinking from Clark. Um, big dumb alien. Big dumb alien. A hundred percent. Back in the Smallville days. A hundred percent. But uh, X gets the better of him. But again, Clark, Superman, quick thinking, does a power up. He grabs Lois and Jimmy and they jump into like a weird vortex thing uh, and wind up in the virtual space, which is one of the corniest things this show has ever done. It is this weird, like almost Tron-like, you know, screensaver background. And Lois and Jimmy are just on the corner of the screen. You can't see their feet. And Superman is then like kind of floating through the world, but it just feels like Terry and Justin on a stage, just like kind of miming like they're floating the whole time. And then it's like even worse when they're all kind of like leveled off together. I don't oh, know, yeah. the, the effects of this whole thing a, I really appreciate them trying, but B, it's just so shittily done that it's very funny to me to watch. Okay, it's funny because when you were talking about like, did I know some budget before? I was like, did the budget get better? Did it get worse? It can go both ways with pilots because sometimes pilots are super expensive and you're like, wow, you can tell they wanted the show to succeed. And sure. then sometimes you're like, do we get to keep this budget? Um, but, then other time, but then other times you watch a show and you're like, wow, that pilot was rough. Everyone looks different. Like nothing, none sure. of the costuming was in place. You know, so it can go both ways. So when you said like, did you notice the difference between the pilot, uh, the budget and the pilot and this, I was like, which one's supposed to be better? I didn't voice that though. Fair enough. I mean like this my pilot. Answer. No, the pilot for the show was, was costly. Like they, they spent a lot See, of money on this. Sometimes the, the pilots are expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, look at, I mean, I will say, let's have another Superman minute for a second. The Superman, <laughs> the lowest pilot looked gorgeous as we spoke about in another guy's podcast. And then I feel like that show has kept up with that production value so far. Yeah. You know, for the like, most part. Yeah. For the most part, the, the, the effects of it all and, and just the cinematography still looks really good. But I guess that too is kind of like what I, I notice about this show aesthetically, where like the farther we get from season one, the less grounded and rich the visuals feel, and the the brighter colors and um, the the easier the visuals feel. Um, 
which like not that they would have attempted this story in season one but i feel like they would have gone about it a much different way right because actually yeah and even the first the first episode of los and clark it kind of looks like they shot through like stockings yeah very very vaseline on the lensy type yeah type feel for a lot of things totally um anyway they're flying off in this nebulous they're flying off and and this is where it starts to get weird from lex not lex x jackson yes he's well excuse me i guess we kind of talked over that before but like before jimmy and superman busted in this is when jackson explains that he is you know the son of lex luther and whatnot and looks at lois a little too creepily if you notice that Uh uh, i have a note about this um this is one of my last notes because i think i was just (laughs) done after he said this um i apologize for the way that i wrote this but i'm just going to read you my exact note oh please dash quotation and you end quotation stares at her hoo-ha quote we're almost my mother (laughs) it's like what is going on you want to be with her but you're also like ah this is almost my mom it's so weird because also earlier the computer was like, this is not a woman you should be getting involved with romantically or like emotionally in any way. And we get like, like there's some Oedipus stuff going on here for sure. I mean, yeah. And then even um, Step Oedipus, I was thinking Step earlier. Oedipus. Yeah, Oedipus. Uh, I was thinking uh, in the beginning of the episode where uh, the computer is saying like that, that he basically programmed her to for so she could tell him everything he was doing wrong i was like am i picking up on a kink here oh maybe <laughs> oh looking for looking gross. for like a strong woman to tell him what to do yeah quite possibly type. what's his what's his like what's the hole in his life because really it just takes a dressing down from lois to defeat him later so yeah that that's that's very mm. possible um can we talk about this guy's performance too for a bit because like all i get from this is Jim Carrey wannabe, especially considering ah. the time it's made. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I, even though I grew up in the 90s, I was, uh, which I know that we're only like a couple years apart. Mm-hmm. Even though I grew up in the 90s, I was young enough that I was not watching like a lot sure. of Jim Carrey anything. Sure. Like I, I saw Liar Liar as like a very young kid, but like I didn't have any like strict appreciation for it Mm -hmm. therefore i can't really say like i understand jim carrey that well as a genre to see it (laughs) evidenced in this performance sure i'll take your word for it though i was just the few months older than you that i was perfect age to enjoy jim carrey as a kid okay and there's a there's a heightened way that he's talking throughout this whole episode that feels very oh okay i recognize what you're doing right now yeah (laughs) a lot of like like there's just like mannerisms to it and the broadness for which he's playing it was just like this guy saw jersey just came out broadness broadness. the broadness (laughs) is a broadness of which he's playing it (laughs) don't ask me for a drink of water later um but like i just feel like oh he watched either ace ventura or the Riddler performance a bunch before he came in and did this and was just like, this is what you do in a comic book show. You just go crazy. And like, that's kind of what he's bringing it to it here. And then it's very funny to watch Dean mirror that for a few lines as well, including that like, you were almost my mother line, you know? (laughs) Very creepy. Anyway. Uh, Let's move on. (laughs) Back to where we are in the nebulous, in in the nebulous internet space. um, Lois is recounting all this. Uh, and Jimmy's explaining like, well, you know, in order to get out of here, we f- have to find the window. We have to find the way out. 
And Lois said, no, I'll keep going by all means. Sure. This is who I am, guys. Like yep. I, I will sing <laughs> like I'm not a theater kid, but I will jump in and like I will take the low hanging fruit when it's musically there. What the fuck was I going to say? Oh, Jimmy's explaining. They need to get to the they window. Need to get, they need to get to the goddamn. <laughs> They need to, Lois realizes that it's his watch. She sees the LL watch that he was fumbling with. I love that she like turns to Superman and is like, did Clark mention touching a watch when he fell out the window? And Superman like looks at Jimmy real quick like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think he did. I think he did mention that. So they realize that like they have to get the watch in order to get out essentially. Um, So Jimmy's going to hack in uh, like back at the control room uh the computer reads off this message that they send him of like what are you chicken like you gotta meet us in front of the virtual daily planet or or you're a chicken and you suck so they're they're goading him and and thankfully this guy has a lot to prove i guess and takes the bait you know yeah uh really shallow note i think when um actual lois and clark were making out there was some garments that were stripped down just a little bit and terry hatcher's shoulders look amazing oh I mean, I think Terry always right. looks amazing, but in, in doesn't what that way? happen? She's she's it like does, yeah. you see you see her in like sort of like a like a dress tank top or something like that. a bit, yeah, something like yeah. that. Because she's she in this tank great. top for the rest of the episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say my mom looks great. Oh, we should always shout out that Terry Hatcher looks great. Also, <laughs> let's have a Harry Thatcher moment for a second. <laughs> the short hair, the short hair is looking great right now. Like this is optimal short hair, Terry, for me. Do you have opinions? I mean, I think optimal short-haired Terry is like from like you know the like the pilot and like I, I, the, yes. the promo pictures and stuff. Sure, like I when it's not the bob after the cut after the the transition, um, I feel like Ooh. this is this is the best it can get. Wait, I just want to mention real quick, yes. guys. Like, um, uh, if you look at my Twitter, uh, I recently like did like a face merge of all the Lois Lanes ever. That was craziness. The result was basically like Terry Hatcher. (laughs) Yeah. Like I took, I merged, who was it? I merged Noelle Neal with Margot Kidder. And then I did like um, Erica Dronson, Terry Hatcher. I did Bitsy Tolick and Amy Adams. Um, And then I think I took Bitsy Tolick and Amy Adams and merged them with the result of, or the result of Bitsy Tolick and Amy Adams merged them with the result of Margot Kidder and um, Noelle Neal. Um, I, I, I left uh erica johnson terry's merge out of this round because they played lois for so long i'm like you know they they can they just and, get, get automatically get to the top so the last merge was the merge of erica johnson terry and then the merge of amy adams Jesse Solik, noelle neal margot kidder um oh which by the way i just didn't feel like including phil's coats and like dana delaney and you know there's a lot of people Dan- oh, here, yeah like, dana's questionable whether you should include her or right. not but yeah um but uh so after after all of that, the result was a woman who looked very uh, desperate housewives, Terry Hatcher. Yes. I found your um, Erica and Terry merge particularly attractive in a very strange <laughs> way. Because <laughs> I used to, you used a program for this, right? Like this wasn't just... Yeah, I used it? a, what's it called? Um, I, okay. uh, face app, I think. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> like, there, there's sometimes like they don't get all the facial proportion like there's there was some jawiness in one of the merges but i was just like this merge of terry and erica is given a face that i could 
get behind <laughs> for a Lois Lane. So yeah, I, I found that a very fun experiment. Everyone that has listened so far to this should follow you on Twitter though, by the way, <laughs> for just this type of craziness. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I proudly wear the hat of like, uh, probably one of the most obsessed Lois Lane fans on the internet right um and you were always welcome here in metropolis (laughs) we we've seen like them do the face merges of like you know all the the batman all the superman right and then you know one day i was like what about lois lane there's been a lot of those so i did it (laughs) and wonder woman's just two so like that's less fun yeah like yeah it's that's it's funny that like how you can get you can get a more rewarding face merge from lois lane than wonder woman yeah that's fun um Anyway, Anywho. new game. Get the watch. They're going to go to the Daily Planet. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Superman and Lois are waiting right up in front of the, the subway stop where, like, again, like, twin women are coming out and going separate ways. Like, they're still very clearly in the virtual world. Jimmy's just, like, at a food cart, like, hiding, I guess. Um, and X, you know, big bodybuilder X shows up. Um, and Superman steps up to, to fight him again. But we know this is going to be fruitless. And so does Lois. So she runs up and like instantly starts giving this guy a talking to. And it's just like, you are a mistake. Like that's, that's the whole thing, right? Like you just want people to notice you. That's why you look like this. Like Lex never noticed you. He told people that you were dead. No one's ever respected you. And like, I like the effect of first we're behind the bodybuilder guy. And I guess he's just like crouching into frame, but he's like shrinking essentially. It's, and it's, he's like slowly it's kind of like transforming. That anime- visual of like do you know what i'm talking about have you yes, watched the kind of talking about? yes <laughs> yeah. um we're just kind of like dragging the the animation cell or whatever but like yeah it's totally that and he's morphing in and out of jackson and finally he's just like skinny jackson in this big you know like whatever tactical vest and the watch falls right off him jimmy lois and superman grab the watch and off they go and leave him screaming in the daily planet there and i i, I think it's fun and then we immediately see him actually die. Like his brain gets fried by the machine, I guess, or in some sort of overload, which is again where I'm like, what the hell happened that this guy's body just like dies and he can't get out of the, the thing, you know? They wanted to have their like sort of X-Files, Are You Afraid of the Dark ending. That's why. Yes, and we're a second away from it, but it's totally that. Um, anyway, another plot holy thing. Sorry, back at the Daily Planet. It feels like this Meanwhile, happened. back at the plot. Yeah. It feels like this happened, you know, yesterday. But during this wrap-up scene, I think Jimmy has dialogue of just like, yeah, computer experts have been in and out of his programs for a week, but they, they can't find them. So it's like, I guess we're still talking about this a week later. This seems odd. Hmm. Like a billion death traps have happened to them in the span of this week, you know? Like, it's very strange to me. Um, especially since, like, it does feel like it has been yesterday because all of a sudden Lois and Clark want to pick up that conversation where they left off, but she wants Pristrami and he's like, you're a bottomless pit. And I'm trying to remind them that no, she didn't need anything because they were, she had a virtual tummy, you know? (laughs) And then they walk away and we get the X-Files ending that you referenced earlier. Right. Uh, Very like, uh, or actually, actually very Voldemort screaming out of the, the, (laughs) or no, not Voldemort. The forbidden book from the forbidden section of the library. For the, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. I'm with We've you. all seen the first movie. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought there was a shot. I was forgetting of like him screaming out of a horcrux or something. 
No, I'm thinking of that that visual from the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone if you grew up in the UK mm-hmm. of like Harry opens a book in the library and the face screams out of it. Yells at him, yeah. But yeah, instead it's just Jackson behind the, or in front of the screensaver of the Daily Planet. Uh, just like, it almost, it's almost Phantom Zony where he's just like hands yeah. up against the glass screaming Yeah, I, I did notice how away. like they, they did film him behind glass so he could press up against something. I was like, oh, yeah. that was smart. Yeah, very, very Superman the movie, uh, Phantom Zony. But then with that, we end another rousing day in Metropolis with Lois and Clark. Um, so Lauren, mm-hmm. here we grade on the scale of one to 10. So for this episode, for this show, where are you landing with Virtually Destroyed? Well, the only, I've never graded episodes of Lois and Clark Clark before. Um, but I recently watched one of my favorite episodes Which where is? Lois wears a chicken suit and dances <laughs> and sings. And I would probably make that a 9.5. Or a nine. I don't know how okay. many points I'll 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 um, dock because Dean Kane slaps her on the ass. But that was right as he's throwing her out of in the dumpster. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if that's a really good one, um, can I do like a? You can split. I do like a four point five out of ten. Okay, low grade, but I understand. I really do. Um, this year's not lower. This year's not lower. No, I always wind up. I always wind up higher than everybody. Uh, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a five because there's nothing okay that they're trying production wise but the script's got a lot of problems and there's not there's nothing here really like I want to have you on for a specific episode in season four where I'm like there's a lot of lowest stuff here there's a lot of relationship stuff here like they're they're doing it right like there's just not much of them that I can grab onto here like I think my favorite part between the two of them was just this like physical moment where like they just kind of like touched heads in the daily planet because mm. it just felt it just felt familiar you know it just felt like comfortable you know so I yeah so. I'll, I'll say it's right down the middle with a five so let me ask you lauren a few questions okay um well we've checked in with the harry thatcher report and again just <laughs> killing it um i'm gonna say that this was made in the 90s 100 percent with all this like not understanding uh, the internet of it all but was this a fun watch for you <laughs> that is difficult <laughs> to answer okay. um i had annoyingly i think i had to attend like a clubhouse meeting or something um i ran out of time to watch this so i watched it okay. in two parts okay and by the time i got to the second half i felt like oh i gotta finish this that can make so circumstances like yeah yeah um <sighs> I, I unfortunately i can't say it's a fun watch because say, like, I, just, <laughs> I just watched the chicken suit episode like that episode is so much fun yep i get it i just watched superman uh right before this and i think that's a great episode this was not a super fun watch for me either yeah um can you think of like your favorite or for this episode favorite to make fun of effect or use of superman here Mm, i mean fake superman calling them citizens but specifically lois and clark's like indignant reaction to being called citizens and then repeating citizens citizens yeah. Fair. Totally fair. Um, 
And I just kind of said mine with just there, there wasn't much to grab onto here, but like, do you have a best Lois and Clark moment between the two of them in this episode? Anything stand out to you as a fan of these characters and their relationship? Um, I, I did kind of say this earlier as well. Um, even though I don't like the decisions made with Lois in this episode, I do like when she, um, I do like whenever Terry Hatcher's Lois kind of backtracks her, her thoughts and sort of thinks out loud, thinks her mm-hmm. secure, insecurities out loud. Yep. I think that's always nice. I, I agree. Like the and since of, she says it to Clark, it's between Lois and Clark, even though yeah. it's mainly about her. <laughs> the terrified rambliness of, of Lois here. Yeah. That I totally get. I'm going to go ahead and say, we, we also try to judge like if it's a good episode for Lois, a good episode for Clark, and a good episode for Superman. I'm going to say, and feel free to, to take the contrary if you need to, but like, I think it's a good episode for all three. Again, I want more relationship stuff here between the two of them, but Lois and Clark do get a relationship talk here. And then Superman gets to hang and like not just be around for like one scene where he like laser eyes a thing and he's done. You know, like he's around for the better part of the last act or two of this episode. So I I, I think it was pretty decent for them in that regard. You know, that is a, a fair critique, especially because I do remember that when they do have sex, it is treated as, as like the, oh, the, the final best. act to a will they, won't they? Yes. Like, so, you know, they, so that was set up in part in this episode by uh, moments like these. And, so, uh, fair. I'll give it to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. But yeah, totally to the point where like they have, they get married and then the, the whole next episode is trying to delay them from consummating like just a little bit longer and then they do and it's like <laughs> at the we both chose c words and you said consummate and i said cock block <laughs> <laughs> um <sighs> this is see we're see what happens done. when you're like we're almost when you're done. like you can curse on this episode know, I'm sorry. About what you say. <laughs> um but then like the whole, I love that the end of season four, even as a kid, I thought it was like, I noticed the pattern of it where it's just like at the end of most every episode, they're walking upstairs to go bang. Like that's just, that's <laughs> what they are at this point. You know, like it, yeah. they're, they're making up for lost time. So I agree with you. And, like and, you're right. Yeah. And this, this is why, this is why Superman has such, has such a huge like um, female fan base. Fair enough. Like, this is it. Like literally it. <laughs> there's, there's, I guess there's the fantasy of being I with him, see... but also the fantasy of being Lois too, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I want to see this in Superman and Lois. I think it's a shame we're like five episodes in and we have not seen this yet. I know. And like, I so love some of the moments that they have done between the two of them, but I just want that, <laughs> that physical. Oh my God. Like I want that moment in um, Smallville uh, Homecoming where in the future, Erica Durant just cannot keep her hands off him for a sec. Like oh she's so horny for him. It's not even funny. And it's great. I love it. In when a very smooths, like, just loves him too. But yeah. When um, he saves her from the helicopter, she smooths her hands over his chest. and calls Yes. Him so good. Even before that, I think she just like grabs him close and kisses him when they're in their office or whatever. It's just, it's awesome. Anyway, everyone check out more <laughs> stuff with this, we're, these we're, characters. <laughs> We're trash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next episode is going to be super fun. Uh, going to have some great guests. Cavante Chillis and Lance Laster from um, Always Hold On to Arrow and the basically the Always Hold On to Smallville family will be uh, joining me. 
for a Christmas episode for Home is Where the Heart Is. <laughs> Cannot wait. Um, but till then, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me. I, I know what episode you're going to join for if you're up for it in season four. And I promise it is like great Lois Lane stuff. So I will make up the, I will make this up to you. I promise. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure there's no HG Wells in it and I'm fine. I know you don't worry. I'll say those for people that actually appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, where can people find you online, Lauren? Like what you up to outside of Metropolis? Uh, you guys can find me anywhere at Lauren Eckowin, um, you know, posting my nerdy thoughts on Twitter and then posting my vanity on Instagram. <laughs> Fair enough. But like, seriously, anyone that's like, I'm not good at Twitter, but you're one of my favorite follows because A, political stuff. B, you will go on a rant about Lois Lane for a bit or like <laughs> your stuff about uh, the Birds of Prey movie was epic. And then all of a sudden one day you'll be doing some like Lois Lane cosplay or merging the faces and making that type of thing. So like, <laughs> cannot, cannot recommend enough. Uh, meanwhile, you know where to find the show. You're listening to it. Uh, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me. This has been awesome. We'll be back next time with a Christmas episode, but till then, I've been Matt Truex. I'm Lauren Wynn. And folk off, everybody. We'll see you next time. Oh.